4: hello everybody and welcome back to don't blame me today's guest we have is tyler chase and we talk about a pregnant 15 year old and um should you smoke weed at a legal age of course i get deep into it Hey there. Welcome. Oh my God. Do you, this is going to be great because Tyler has no idea what this is. Nope. Nope. Never listened to it. It's funny because between, I think aside from Aislinn, all of my actual best friends who've been on this podcast were Mm. like, you got a podcast? Fuck is this shit?
3: I saw there were over a thousand
4: comments. On which one?
3: On your, on iTunes.
4: Oh, there are? Holy shit. Thanks guys um well yeah welcome to the podcast this it's called don't blame me
3: don't blame me Mm -hmm.
4: this is me megan ranks hi and this is an advice podcast where you guys call in and we give advice and yeah do we see the surprise if you can't see the surprise go to youtube because we're recording it and uh you can see tyler chase our guest is surprised as fuck because he we can curse you can curse dang everything (laughs) you can curse dang (laughs) hot damn well i
3: have to say it's an honor
4: no, this it's not list to oh, be here. Oh yeah, how many of you prepared?
3: Nice plug. I got a couple. You got
4: a couple. It's like uh-huh. you're plugging my movie on my own podcast uh-huh. when you're here. So Tyler Chase. Hey, thanks for being Megan Ranks. here, Mega Ranks.
3: It's a pleasure to be here. Oh my
4: god. Oh my god. Um, you guys might know Tyler from. Um, uh, the Walking Dead. <laughs> he looks very cute on it. That was about um, six years ago. It was um, Nashville, where he played a VJ. Hey, show your phone so people can see. So like, if this
3: is, does this spark their memory? This is actually the, the case from, um, mom, you got me a new case and then it kind of broke. But this is the case from Nashville that I used. <laughs> yeah,
4: so watch it on YouTube if you guys want you to see. You can see it there. Um, it was funny. I watched the clip because I was helping Tyler wow. with his reel, and immediately I was just like, "That's your own phone That's case." That's your own phone case. <laughs> um, and Tyler and I know each other because we did Freakish together, seasons one and two. One and RIP. two on Hulu. And recently, Tyler played a genuine, wonderful guy in a movie called Love Simon. And
3: you should all go see it. His the character's name is Aaron, and I think you'll love
4: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my friend Kyle watched it and completely forgot that Tyler was in it. He's like, "You know, here I am, just enjoying the movie representation, feeling really happy. You know, like, oh, yes, being gay is great. Like, I love my." Life. And then suddenly I'd see Tyler. just,
3: <laughs> And it's just a wonderful character's appearance. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think you'll love my character specifically.
4: Hey, you know, I still think you're adorable in it. Thank
3: you very much. You're really great. You find balance. It.
4: You're my favorite part of the whole movie. Well. Except I didn't like identify with what you were saying. I was yeah. just like very excited that it was Tyler. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm really excited you're on the podcast. I'm really
3: excited to be here. It's your first time discover- here. I know.
4: Okay. So um yeah, if you guys didn't know and I can also explain this to you. So the advice podcast. Um this. Hi, How what's up? Hello. So people call in and leave us voicemails and tell us what's happening in their lives and is we this give the part advice. You say
3: for people that haven't heard the podcast? Before? Yes, including you. Including me. Yep,
4: there you go. Great. And the phone number is three one zero six nine four zero nine seven six. Maybe one day I will remember it without closing my eyes. <laughs> It's taken me, I don't know, a year to learn this. Um, but then International College, if you guys want to leave some voicemails, you can record a voice memo and email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. Yes. Yeah, you know it so well. The dot coms. I, I knew it. All about the dot coms. Um, so, do you have anything to say before we get into calls? Um, do you think you're going to be good at this? Take
3: everything that I say with a complete grain of salt.
4: Oh, and Mel's here. I said... What up? Wait, no, you have to do the voice you were doing earlier. Mel's going to talk like that the whole podcast.
3: You can't see it, but it's even better in person.
4: It is. Because she just like crouches down as if she needs to get smaller to say it. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Everyone who's just listening in their car is like, like, who the hell is this? I love it. Um, So, yeah. This is also like just move your fucking face. Just move your face away from it. Ew. I hate that. Do you like ASMR? Get our of course advice you do.
3: through ASMR. the soothing sound of tea.
4: <laughs> oh, that is—that's a puffy vagina. That's a fucking puffy ass, fat vagina. Okay, um, okay. we're just gonna hop in, right? Let's I'm get ready. let's get to the first call. Yeah, just let's just let's generous.
5: just this. Hi, Megan. Um, I'm 18 years old, and I'm going through like a huge dilemma right now. Um. So I recently started um, like a weight loss slash like a lifestyle journey and I just want to make it very clear that I'm doing this for myself, um, for my own well-being and my own health. But part of me also is kind of doing it as like a revenge body type of thing. Um, You see what happened was uh, last summer I met a boy um, and Like I said, I'm 18, and he was 20 at the time. He's 21 now. Um, We matched on Tinder, and we, you know, had a date, and we really hit it off, and we were in each other's life for six months. Um, After the summer ended, he went back to school, and I started school. Um, He's a junior in college, and I'm a freshman. Um, We're both from Illinois, so I stayed here in Illinois, and he went up to uh, Wisconsin, And we, like I said, we really like hit it off and it was awesome. Um, And, you know, we had done, we had never had, we didn't have sex for a while, but we had done things with each other. Um, And I'm a little bit, obviously, if I'm like on a weight loss journey, I'm a little bit chubby. Um, And, you know, he always like, he never commented about it or anything. And he was always like accepting of it. Um, but then when I finally went up to his college to visit, um, we finally had sex and then that the next day, like we got in a huge argument, like it was an awful fight and pretty much we never really talked again until like, a couple weeks later. Um, he randomly replied to my Snapchat and was like, sorry for inviting you that night over. Um, it was a bad idea and you really grossed me out. So my question is, um. Do you think? I don't know if this is like really immature, but I kind of just want to like confront him about it and be like, hey, like, look at me now. Look what I'm doing for myself. Look how fucking amazing I look. And look what you missed out on, dude. And he's pretty much my motivation for this. So do you think I should like hit him up and tell him?
4: I mean, oh, I'm so many things. I'm the pettiest bitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know this. I'm hella fucking petty. So, I mean, Okay. Two, two, two veins of advice. I think there's the, you should totally do this kind of thing for yourself. This should totally be your only motivation. It should be your own health and wellness and your own mental being. Um, but then there's another part of me that I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. You want to get super fucking hot. I mean, I, I've like said this before I did, uh, I, um, I've, I dated this guy and he ghosted like My first kiss ghosted me. And he never said anything as fucking terrible as that, which, by the way, he's just an awful dude, like an awful fucking dude. And years later, he he had ghosted me. And then my, he ended up being at a bar like three or four years ago. And my friend texted me. She was like, you'll never believe who's at this bar. And this is your we home from college, like over a Thanksgiving break. And I was like, who? And she told me. And I was like, I'm fucking going. And I go there. He doesn't recognize me because I mean, like, yes. besides the nose job, like I used to have like, I was just like, not I was just like I glue, I, I glued up, I glued up, <laughs> I huffed a lot of glue and I just got way hotter. Um, no, but so I kids. <laughs> so kid. This is like you do. Huffed paint and glue. No, but I like, I just look really, really, really different. And so I literally went there and hung out with my friends and we like positioned ourselves right around where he was. He came around and started hitting on me and flirting with me and I didn't tell him who I was until finally one of my friends who had just arrived at the bar was like, oh my god, Megan. And he just went, holy shit. Like, holy shit. And then immediately was like, do you want to come back to uh, my place right now? And I was like, I'm good. Thanks. And I left. But like that, I think, it, i think the the only issue i would have is just like totally do it for yourself and all that stuff and i think you can like rub it in his fucking face and just know no matter what he's going to see that and be like wow fuck this um this is like whatever but also you just can't anticipate his reaction yeah. so like he might like he might just like the amount of times i've tried to make a guy jealous and like they act like they don't care and then later on they're like no i totally cared i'm like Really? Because I feel like I put a lot of effort in and like I didn't have that satisfaction and that feeling of like, oh, fuck, like I did in that previous situation. So I think if you want to do that, for sure, I think it's also there's something better about being super fucking hot, knowing he's going to stalk you on Instagram and not hitting him up like he's going to. You know what I mean? This Don't is, you think that's so?
3: That's a hundred percent the route to go.
4: You have to talk closer to him.
3: Oh, hi there. I mean, <laughs> based on I'm gonna yeah. continue off of that. I call it the breakup motivation. And it's a it's you a you want to win the breakup, you can win the breakup. You can win the breakup. <laughs> it's a battle for a period of like five months, yes. and you're gonna have a lot of motivation during yeah. this time. And it will run out. Because yeah. that's my thing, is that I I I actually I was uh, dating a rock climber for a small period of what? time. I Hi love there. rock climbing. I know. And uh and then basically we broke up and then I was a little frustrated and then I became the second best rock climber in my state. Shut up. Oh yes. What <laughs> the
4: fuck, Tyler Chase? Because it was We've all, probably. It was, we this. probably talked about yeah. this,
3: but then the minute that I won a statewide competition, I was like, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> but you. I felt great. And then I never rock climbed again. Yeah. But, and I think that's the biggest thing is yeah. it definitely, oh yeah, go, go look well, great and do it for yourself. Yeah. You'll feel good. You'll also feel good that you're showing him up. But then mm-hmm. also the other thing that I was actually going to continue off of is that so anyone that's going to say something like oh, that to God. you, you yeah. know, get out there, find yourself someone Better. Make yes. him so jealous on the long-term plan yeah. that you are living your best life yeah. and your best self.
4: No, I think that's I, that's preachy, but I fully, fully, fully agree. Because I also think like... I mean, I won't lie. like I think any everyone has a motivation to start getting in shape and working out. Like, oh, yeah. There's a motivation always. I don't know anyone who's like, I just want to do it for health and feeling better about myself. It's either because you saw a picture of yourself that or you a really doctor didn't said
3: like. something yeah, needs to happen. Exactly.
4: Like and like for me, like I started really getting in, like, in shape because I was like, fuck, I have to be in my bra and underwear on TV, like at a drop of a hat with zero warning. <laughs> and I want to feel even if I don't look different, I want to feel in myself that I'm like, I'm taking the necessary precautions to make myself feel more confident doing this like and i now am <clears throat> really really unemployed and not working and never in my bra and underwear for other people to see but, but i still so do fit. it but i mean I, like i'm still doing it because you at the, no matter how you get to where you want to go like the just just the um i'm gonna burp uh, just oh, another Don't one sorry i do it taste like one? oranges I didn't even eat oranges. Um, the, what's it called when you endorphins, the endorphins that release from exercise and working out. That is something that your motivation originally might be whatever it is, but you're going to get so many more benefits from um, feeling like from eating well and doing all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we always have to say when people are talking about this, i like, just make sure you're being healthy. I think totally yeah. like, be conscious of putting like good food into your body but also be conscious of not depriving yourself because that's how people like binge and do all that stuff and you don't want to feel any guilt um when it comes to food and things like that and then same with exercise i think it's really important to do both at the same time because i think when you go on like a diet that's just about food there's so much restriction but when you're exercising you can eat more food like you, you you get to be hungry again and you're like oh no this is something that I did this exercise and my body is craving protein and this Turn isn't and something it I into muscle mass. Yeah. Like it's not something I need to shut down because I'm just focusing on food. So yeah. I don't think it's petty. I mean, it is petty, but I'm petty. So yeah, fucking do it. The amount of pictures I post to look hot so other people will see them be like, wow, all the fucking time. All the fucking time.
3: I'm still working on social networking, but I definitely think about it. I think about doing We can take some sexy
4: pictures for you so someone can get jealous.
3: (laughs) That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. What are those? We just have to tell Taylor we're doing it. What are they called when you have like a a baby pictures? What are those called?
4: Maternity photos?
3: Maternity photos. Let's do a
4: maternity (laughs) photos. Can we actually, will you just like stick yourself? I left that out. That would be really, really, really good. Well, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think like my final advice would be just don't hit him up because I think more than anything, you looking great and doing all that stuff and also you as soon as you feel like confident and sex, there's something so sexy about being confident something that i'm like fuck i need to learn because i'm constantly like my potato um but he's going to (laughs) he's more likely going to see that and hit you up and it's going to feel so much better knowing that as opposed to be being like if you reach out to him i'm afraid he's gonna think it like i got hot for you Mm -hmm. and like no it's like the revenge part is knowing that he's going to see everything, like knowing all of that stuff, knowing that, yeah, he's he's gonna search you and see all that. So I would just I wouldn't hit him up. Let him, yeah. Let him, and if he doesn't hit you up, know that he's still like fuck. And yeah. then you'll see him like get engaged to like some girl, and the whole time he'll be like, oh, I guess she Could have her. been, could have been And you're like, mm, I'm too good for you. You're a dick. Yeah, ugh. Also, any guy who, like, comments about a girl's body after having sex, I'm like, so did you feel, like, very, like, did you feel, like, too th- like too skinny, too scrawny? Did you feel like you couldn't measure up because you weren't this big, beefy guy, so instead you want to? Like, that's what I, I can't. I hate. I fucking hate that. It's like when guys just t- tell me I was too tall. And I go, maybe you're too fucking short. <laughs> like, you can't tell me that the issue is with me when I'm like, it but, but no. No. Yeah, yeah. if a guy's like, oh, no, you, like, grossed me out because, like, I wasn't into your body. You're like, oh. And also,
3: there's probably some, like, so many insecurities he probably had about his own performance and self. Completely. And it's all getting applied to you. Ugh. Fuck
4: him. Don't, though. Because that did not turn out fucking well.
3: Figured. Figured, Mentally. The sentence. Yeah. Not literally.
4: Not literally. And yeah. Enjoy your fucking workouts and you're going to love it and you're going to feel so great and you're going to be thankful that this guy was a fucking dick because it gave you all this motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On to the next call.
5: I'm 22. But basically, I wanted to ask you a question on how to cope with difficult tragedies or hard times. Um, I recently had a crazy intense surgery that was basically reconstructing my left hip. I'm learning how to walk again. I'm learning how to do things again, bent over. Um, pick things up but just move in general. Um, I'm not allowed to work and I was kind of in bed rest for about two months and away from my life in Florida. Um, I did the surgery in Michigan where I'm from um, and I fell into like a depression about my situation. Um, not being able to do things like just go shopping because you're so tired that you have to use your crutches and walk or you can't do things yourself because you need someone else to carry you. It has gotten to me in a different way. Um I don't feel really like myself. The surgery because I was on bed rest for two months, I lost all my muscle in my legs and um I used to be a very toned person. Um never been like super fit but like never had any problems with weight. Um but now after the surgery my legs don't have any muscle to them so they're basically I don't really like talking about it. They're just—they're not toned, and I'm disgusted with myself because they look terrible. And I'm not used to having a body like that. Um, not shaming anyone who deals with, like, you know, the fat dimples or anything like that. It just—it's such a shock to see. Um, and I'm just curious how you think someone should deal with this. Um, well, I've been thinking about getting a therapist, but I don't know because I struggle with talking to people about my feelings. And
4: I'm worried that it will just make me feel even more sad and get into my head. I mean, my instinct thing would be like talk to a therapist mm-hmm. um, as somebody who was quite anti-therapy. Like and I won't get into details or whatever, but like I recently started going to um, my psychiatrist is my therapist. But I recently started doing like an additional kind of therapy thing. And I had the exact same fear of being like, I'm just going to be more upset, like. It's not I, I going to something and talking about like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. fuck it, whatever. I'll be like, I'll be like super honest. Mots and I started going to like couples counseling and we just had like a rough, ugh, like 2018. <laughs> like we've had a rough 2018, but like we both really like we really care about each other. And so we started going to couples counseling. And that was my exact fear of being like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, it's just going to make me more sad because it's there. It's when you talk about specific incidences, like you're saying, like this isn't like, um, this isn't been something that you've battled with your whole life or anything like that where you're like, oh, let's talk about childhood. Like you're repeatedly talking about a terrible incident that you're currently in mm-hmm. that like that just makes you feel like you're going to feel so much worse. And I can't explain how opposite it was mm-hmm. like the effect for me. Obviously, it's a completely different situation. But t- talking about I don't know, like sometimes like saying something out loud, you can. Having somebody validate the reasons why you feel like that and make you be like, no, you're not being you're not like, no, this is totally valid that you feel this way. And anybody would feel that way. It doesn't make you feel worse. It kind of makes you feel better because you're like, oh, wow, I can embrace the way that I'm feeling. And I don't have to feel like, oh, it, it's worse for other people or anything like that. But then also there's things you'll say out loud where you're like, wow, I said that out loud. And like, that's really not that fucking big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as big of a deal and it doesn't affect me as much as I like thought it would. And hearing, seeing someone else's reaction going oh, like, wow, you're right. This isn't this isn't everything that I'm blowing it up to be. I think there's it's a combination of both, which I found really, really, really genuinely helpful. Um I think also like as much like you said, you have an issue talking with people, but like you call into a podcast like that, like that's a big step of talking about something like that. Yeah. And I think anybody in the situation like would feel like there's obviously I could totally say like be thankful for um, like being on the recovery because Mm -hmm. that doesn't always happen. But like ultimately, like, yeah, I hate people who are like, well, it could be worse. Like, no, I mean, like this is what you're dealing with. And like that totally sucks. Um, I wonder if you've talked to your friends about it. Yeah, because I can imagine or I feel like I always like reference I'm like I'm sure there are support groups like chat rooms and stuff like not being able to get up and do stuff. I I mean, like I've gotten surgeries that were <laughs> like I got my nose done, but like that wasn't excuse me. That wasn't. Um, God, why my birth still tastes like oranges? Um. That was like uh, like I, I couldn't breathe through my nose, but that was something I could have like lived with. And it was definitely not as serious. But I understand the feeling of like looking into the mirror and being like, holy fucking shit, I don't recognize myself. And back then it was not I was b- battered and bruised and that kind of thing. I think there's nothing wrong with I don't know, like I don't think it's vain to feel like, oh, I got this surgery that I'm sure like you said, it was your hip. Like that sounds like something that was like very necessary for like mobility there's no shame in being like i know i got this thing that i really needed to get but vanity wise i really don't like what's happening i think that's totally fair Hmm. um and yeah there yeah i think i mean it definitely sucks but i would say therapy what about you
3: i mean i one of the biggest things i would say is just take some of the pressure Mm -hmm. off of yourself because this is a situation that was partially out of your control yeah and you literally are in a different circumstance than mm-hmm. who you previously were totally. like if you can't move if you can't do things in the way that you wanted to like yeah that it, and i think the other thing that happens so much in society is we really look down upon the times when we're like down like mm-hmm. i even notice it's hard to be around a lot of people because people just don't love feeling sad or yeah, negative no, totally. so one i can assume that you're probably isolated you're probably not getting to talk to people in the way that you normally get to mm-hmm. so like when that whole social setting is erased mm-hmm. It, it can feel bad, mm-hmm. but like, just like kind of give it time and it's okay to kind of be sad and not yourself. Yeah. I think those times actually can be the most valuable because then you learn about who you want to be, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you physically know right now, it's gonna take a little while to recover, give yourself some time. Like my my grandmother actually had to go through a lot of physical therapy to the point where she she ended up personally being in a wheelchair. You're not, not going to be in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. probably. But like that, that part of our lives was so valuable. I mean, even with uh, the people that we got to spend time with, yeah. and who she was and who she became, you know, I think those traumatic experiences are some of the most important personal self experiences. And so. Just give it a little time. Life will show you that things will be okay. But also, I don't want you to feel like someone's just telling you
4: things are going to be okay. And only (laughs) believe in that. No, but I I think that's a a really valid point of being like it. When you're in those like periods of like really hard times, it shows you, wow, I don't want to. I can't wait to feel great again because I know what this feels like. And it gives you that motivation eventually when that can happen. And I mean people experience different levels of hardship and things like that. But like, there are definitely like some terrible things that happened to me that I really, really in the moment was so fucking miserable. And they felt like they were going on forever. And They are
3: miserable. And they don't even awful. feel they're, they're awful. just <laughs>
4: genuinely awful. And now I can look back years from now. And I'm like, you know what? Like that could have not happened. And I would have saved myself like, A lot of pain and suffering, but I'm actually glad it did because it amplified parts of my personality. It made me be so much stronger. And yes, there are now pitfalls that I have these other issues that I still have to continually deal with. But like there are these other parts of me that I don't think would have ever come come forward if I hadn't been faced with that. And I think you're right. And like you just there's a patience thing, which I totally get sucks, especially because um, you're young and like there everyone else is doing all these different things that you feel like you can't participate in and everybody else, everyone else can. Um, but.
3: And noticing the things that your brain is currently going, like you're upset about this. mm -hmm. I think that's always really interesting. It's like, what are the things that my mind won't let go of? Like, it's interesting. I, I like when I got, uh, you know, like uh, my partner Taylor, she she had gotten sick in the previous weeks, and it's amazing the things that come up when you even you're sick and you mm-hmm. slow down for like thirty seconds. Your mind just starts to go, oh, you know, my body and my my work and all of this, and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. these are the areas of my life that when I that I haven't taken the time to slow down and really look at.
4: So true, you
3: know, like yeah. like when I when I'm not working right now, when my work slows down, I'm like, I'm not enough, yeah. I'm not enough. Oh yeah, well you know, and uh, but also just be aware that I am an actor and I love spending time <laughs> and slowing down with feelings and yeah. looking at things, but yeah. Oh yeah, he does but, you know, so much. It's so easy to turn to yourself and be like, "You're you're it, bad." It
4: is, and I also think that that's it's a time where things that we've really identified that are part of ourselves, like you're talking about, like being athletic and toned, that's something that you never had to think about before. And Now you're like, "Wow, yeah. this is really important to me." I didn't know why this is so important to me, and then we're ha- left to sit with certain things that we maybe haven't focused on and maybe haven't been like you, like you said, like been avoiding these parts of ourselves that we're not so happy with and you're like, well, shit, the stuff that I was happy with, I can't do now. And the stuff that I'm not happy with, like where my mental state is, or if you, this feeling of anything, like, I mean, I I've got a massive issue of like feeling, uh, I constantly have an issue of like feeling stupid and that's the thing. So I'm like, I need to do stuff that doesn't make me feel stupid. And the second that I can't do those things, I'm like, I just have to sit in this feeling of this. And then that's when you can tackle and address those feelings and figure out um, those different things. But I would say, I think that besides therapy, I would start. Yeah. Also a therapist
3: could say this a lot better.
4: Yeah, no, I would definitely do a therapist (laughs) and talk to a therapist because it's, it's, you are in a unique situation and I get like talking to friends and stuff. You, you might, I don't know. Yeah. You don't, you want to talk about this because you're really feeling this and it's something you can't get over when I was so, I mean, like I'm always depressed, but like when I was like super, super, super depressed, I isolated myself from my friends because not only did i feel like they didn't want to talk to me i know for a fact i've had friends who've gone through really dark times when i wasn't in a dark time and i didn't want to spend a ton of time with them <laughs> do you know what i mean though like it,
3: it's, it's just like it's just horrible so, brain it like is. You, you know like
4: even though i've I'm been in a positive that zone. Stuff, yeah you're like fuck, don't bring me fucking down and so i think like for me the greatest thing ever was like you like talking to somebody where you're like cool i have to talk about this and i have to address it because it's the only thing on my mind and i can then once i talk about this and stuff like i'm able to focus on other things but when you're just sitting in that you're not talking about these things and you you have to otherwise you're just trapped in your own head with these insecurities and these fears and as soon as you get them out there you can start working on them but until you admit and say that, which you've already done so much, like talking about it here. Coming
3: on Don't Blame Me. Yeah. Podcast. Like
4: then, then I think that's important. And then hobbies, I would say, like start writing. I, when I've gone through like really a oh God, I think I've written so much shit when I've gone through like shitty, shitty, shitty times or um, like the stupid stuff of like starting TV shows and things like that, like doing, finding out the things instead of focusing on the things that you can't do that bring you joy and that you're like, I can no longer do this and these make me happy, figure out what can bring you joy that you can do right now because this is your situation and it's hard and it fucking sucks and it's not fair that other people don't have to go through this. But um, you, this is, some, this is your reality right now and this is something that it's, you're going to be so much stronger. But I think as opposed to just being like, wait till you get out of it, it's going to be great. Figure out how you can make the process of going through this um, not so terrible. Let us know. Like, give us a call back and let us know. Um, And yeah, uh, yeah. congratulations of being on the recovery, though, because that's uh, it sounds like it was a rough, rough, rough time. That's a lot.
5: Yeah. OK, on to the next one. Hi, Megan. I'm 17 or I'm 18 years old now. Um, and I'm calling on behalf of a friend who is 17 years old. So two years ago, she got out of a relationship where he was emotionally abusive and would convince her to do things like have anal sex instead of vaginal sex because it was better. Anyway, just a short few months after it ended, she was happy and into a new relationship. This guy was a lot better for her and much kinder, but after a few months, broke her heart because he felt like he didn't want to do it anymore. It's not his fault, but she was still devastated because she was in love with him. So three weeks after that, she had a rebound, but for this guy, it was love. And she said, I love you back, even though she didn't mean it. Fast forward to a few months later, her most recent ex wants her back. Desperately in love, she takes him back without hesitation, hurting her current boyfriend, who loves her. My friends and I were against this because we felt she didn't take enough time for herself to get over both the first and second boyfriend. Um, She was really distraught over both of them, and seeing that the first one was emotionally abusive, we thought that taking the time to be single and making herself happy was more important. Basically, when she's with a guy, she relies on them to make her happy, and she claims she loves herself and knows how to be single and happy. And I don't um, not believe that she loves herself, but um, since she started dating, she hasn't really been single for more than four months at a time. Um, And we've brought it up many times, but she believes that she's making the right decision. So I guess what I'm asking is, am I doing the right thing in wanting her to be single for a while? Um, I know it's her life, but I've known her since fourth grade, and I just want the best for her and for her to know that she doesn't need boys to make her happy. And as you say, all
4: relationships end until they don't. And at some point, she'll be single again and needs to be happy on her own. I mean, I think she, she gave my advice in the question where it's not your life.
3: Yeah, and that's it's your not. life.
4: It's not. I mean, also, I think the age thing really plays into this. Um, I don't think I was single for more than like a month from the time that I was like 16 until I was 19. Like,
3: I wasn't even aware of beginnings and endings. <laughs> Just new people.
4: Yeah. Like, I, I don't think... I don't know. You're you're Um, I think you're coming from like a really like genuine sweet place of wanting your friend to be happy. But ultimately, you just you can't no matter how much you love somebody, you can't make somebody learn like you can't prevent them from learning a lesson on their own. No matter how much you can like try and prevent them from making a mistake. And you can see that um, unless your friends in like physical danger or um is in a really bad, like emotional place, uh, you
3: contact the authorities
4: yeah that with that totally but i mean like ultimately like if that's not if she says that she's fine and all that stuff you can't she's your friend like you have to be on her team that's what no matter what like my friends like date terrible guys that again are not abusive are not like hurting them or doing anything like that ultimately even if i don't like them and i'm like i'm i'm on your team so whoever team you're on at the time whoever you want to date like i'm 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 here to support you you are my friend um, so I mean, like, I, yeah, I think that's just kind of, you, you got it. Uh, yeah.
3: I got a great quote.
4: Okay. Are you I just...
3: love it and hate it. Ready? Oh, good God. The life you save may be your own.
4: Oh, yeah, that's no, that is valid.
3: I mean, yeah. it's basically, it's like, it's a condensed version. of, Yeah. Every, yeah it's just like. Because people are going to run into the same lessons mm-hmm. over and over and over again until they're ready to learn them.
4: Oh, my That's gosh. That's how completely. my entire life works. Oh, yeah. And also you, you wanting to do, I, we always say this when people like call in for their friends and stuff. And I'm like, again, not if it's coming from like a really like scary place. Most of the time, I'm like, you are focusing so much on somebody else's relationship. Are you avoiding something in your life that you, do you know what I mean? Like, I think there's also something that but there's also the nature of age. And I remember how much we talked about um, friends, boyfriends and all of that stuff when you're young. And now, but like now, like my friends can date terrible guys and like most of the time, I'm like, OK, like, I mean, I don't fucking love them, but whatever. Like, that's what it is. Um, Yeah, you got to you got to let her make her own mistakes, which it sucks to watch that. But I mean, I dated some awful guys. Some genuinely awful guys.
3: If it blows up, then you can also kind of just sit back and be like, you want want tea?
4: Yeah, but you don't say I told you so. You
3: don't say I told you so. No,
4: because I mean, honestly, you might have been through the situation. You might have done this and your friends might have stayed quiet and let you make your own mistakes. But there's nothing more fucking annoying Also, I feel that now, like when I don't know if I've dated a guy or whatever and I and I complain to my friends and then like we like don't break up or like something happens or whatever. And they're like, I'm just saying I'm like, no, fuck you. I know. I know the decisions that I'm making and your friend does too. like the stuff that she tells, the stuff you gossip about with your friends. You don't divulge everything. Your friend knows when she's going into the situation, what she's fucking doing. Like she knows that. And she's decided that she can get past whatever he's done and all that stuff and she she's chosen to make that decision so then having her friends make input on it it's like she's already thought of that and I think the way to be the most supportive friend is to make her feel like if something did ever happen or something did go wrong that she's not gonna be surrounded by people who are like oh well, I told you so you shouldn't have done this not that I'm saying that you would do that but support her in her decisions as long as Everyone's being safe. Um,
3: or you can also create an I Told You So Club. It's your life.
4: Yeah. And then yeah, talking about your other friends. Like not gossip, but but I mean like if you need to vent about it with somebody else. It seems like she is because she said they did
6: they have been talking about it. Yeah.
4: So then just like let her live her life. Um, and then a couple years from now, if you end up being in the same situation, you're gonna be like, shit, I'm really glad that my friends aren't giving me all this shit that I've I've she already has to think about it, has already done these discussions. She doesn't need that more coming from her friends. Okay. Oh hey. On to the next call. This is fun. I'm
1: 20 years old, I'm about to turn 21, and my question is kind of specific, or I don't know, it probably doesn't apply to a lot of people, but whatever. Um, so I, I write, I creatively write like stories, memoir pieces, poems and stuff, and um, I just recently had one get accepted into like this little literary magazine journal thing it's not a big deal or anything but it's the first time that like anyone has ever like validated my work you know what I mean um and it's going to be in there but the thing is um uh it's about my sort of it's about me and how I feel about like my father and just that sort of thing which is difficult because we have a very difficult relationship um he was um extremely emotionally abusive and he's um <laughs> a whole new kind of narcissist and just a lot of issues there. So then after I turned 18, I got out of his house. I don't see him often. I try not to see him because it's just, I don't want to be around him. Um, But my brothers do keep in contact with him and I just know through family or whatever my dad is going to stumble across it you know he'll hear from someone that oh I got my poem published somewhere and he'll read it and I'm just afraid I'm just really afraid what he'll he'll do or say to me um it's not like it's not super condemning or anything it's really just about how I like feel and it's very abstract and I'm just honestly kind of um afraid for my brothers a little bit too because they still like spend holidays with him and stuff and I just don't want them to have to I don't want him to put them through like all this bullshit over a poem about me expressing myself um I really
4: I just need help with that I weirdly relate to this so much do you know why no, I not. Doing, did you, you do a, know why?
3: Did you write a poem?
4: No. Um not to promote my movie, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean no, I just like genuinely um I fully very much understand like minus the brothers very similar situation. Um I'm in a movie that I uh wrote like the story for. I didn't write the script for. There's a chunk of it <laughs> which is based on like something that actually happened. Mm-hmm involving other people who have not seen it yet because like we're recording this before the movie's out and yeah like I mean it's definitely I understand like the fear of that but ultimately when somebody is like either physically or emotionally abusive to you and things like that
0: you
4: you don't have to think about their feelings (laughs) like and I, I totally get what you mean about your brothers and stuff but I don't think your brothers live with them. He said they just see him for holidays. Mm -hmm. They're adults. They can handle their own shit. You don't need to worry about that. Um, I think there is, you sound like there's like a sense of, uh, you just still sound like you feel a little guilty and like you're worrying about how he feels, which ultimately he didn't worry about how you felt, um, which is again, something I totally, totally relate to. But I think like ultimately like, as an adult, like your journey is your journey and um, other people affect things. Other people do things that affect you and um, you have interactions with people that affect you and they they stick with you and it's your story um, there just because they were a part of it, it doesn't mean that you need their permission to talk about it or anything like that because it affected who you are as a person. And this is about you. Um, and that's kind of how I reckon like how I coped with feeling like, holy fucking shit, what's going to happen? Can I do this? Do I need like that sort of sense of feeling of f- just freaking the fuck out? But ultimately, I was like, this is just because somebody played a part in my life. Th- this is my life like that. There there are people who come into it and they affect certain things and certain things happen that have an, an impact on me. And when I'm going to talk about something from my perspective and I'm going to tell my story I'm doing myself a disservice by being like, you know, these people who fucked me over, this person who did something terrible to me, if I don't talk about this or include this or or do anything like that, you're, I don't know. Like, I think like when shitty things happen to you, I think sometimes it can be really good to kind of just like let it out and talk about it because otherwise I hate the idea of like, oh, they win or whatever. But I think it's like this, like he, he doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve you to be so considerate to him when he clearly was not considerate to you. And I think that happens a lot with people who've been like emotionally abused, especially from like parental figures and stuff like you, especially if you were like, you're like a young, you were a young kid and stuff. You can sense a lot of that blame that you're like, well, maybe I don't, I'm misremembering maybe something, this, maybe something that. And so I think like, it's cool that you feel nervous. And I mean like, I definitely feel nervous. Um, and if you look at the trailer of the movie, even like that alone, I was just fucking texting my friends being like, is anyone posting anything on Facebook? Is anything, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything like freaking out? And ultimately like whatever happens happens. And if someone feels guilty for what they did and they want to manifest that by being a fucking dick to other people, It's kind of like, well, shit, I took this terrible thing that happened to me and I created it into art that's being recognized. And ultimately, like I was able to make something good out of something super fucking terrible. And if you choose to take this and try and make it terrible again, like you can't. I'm sorry. Can you turn the whole
3: podcast into black and white? It's your art. It's Mm -hmm. your ammo. And what's interesting, right, is that the more specific you were, the more specific you've been talking about this, you completely related and resonated with her so specifically. And I think the more specific you get with your art, like this is where you really need to dig deep and it should be scary and Mm -hmm. it should be. But like the I think if you want to find a larger goal out of it, like knowing that you can reach out to people and be able to have them feel understood by, by being honest with yourself and your perspectives, like it's going to be painful temporarily. But hopefully what you can do is you can journal your life experience and then maybe the person would watch it and instead of being pissed. Maybe they would gain some insight or maybe they won't. Mm-hmm. But then you have even more ammo. Yeah. Because like that's how how life kind of works, and I think as an artist you can feel a little bit insecure because you're like, I, am I am I allowed to? Mm-hmm. It's your life. You can do whatever yeah. you want, and you're also an adult now, and you have your your safeties and your creations and the families that you're building. All of those are very specific lessons. This is way more abstract than I wanted it to be.
4: No, I'm I'm enjoying that. Yeah, no, the but, best art
3: evokes emotion. Yeah. yeah, and it and it's it's from a very specific and honest place. And sometimes those things are not pretty, and they're not honest, and they are are specific about all, all of it is specific. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think um, yeah, if they if they hurt you, you're allowed to represent your pain and your art. And the more that you do that, the the, bet, the better off we all are.
4: Yeah, and I think exactly like you're saying, like, ultimately, if he responds in a bad way or whatever, that doesn't, his response is never going to change anything that happened in the past, but like better or worse. If there's like a moment where he has like a sense of like, oh, wow, no, I am realizing all of these things that I did terribly, even that is not gonna feel as great as somebody else reading this and feeling like, shit, I'm not alone in you're, that sense. You're writing of it.
3: a poem, not a slander
0: piece. Yeah,
4: that's exactly. And like ultimately, like like exactly like Tyler's saying, like the fact that you were able to talk about this and someone something that you thought was so specific that no one could relate to, hi I related to. And I think no, but I just think like the, no matter what he says, you did this as a cathartic experience and something. It got recognized by somebody else who saw something it's in this a magazine and felt yeah and felt something about it. And don't discredit yourself for being like it's not that big of a deal. Like it's a big deal, it's it's a huge, huge deal, it's a huge deal. <laughs> and ultimately, you were able to take something terrible, turn it into art, have it recognized, and now other people are going to see that and be like, wow, I relate to this thing. Thank, like so thankful that this person was so vulnerable about something that made me feel great. And that is going to that sense of that that's going to feel so much better than even if your dad like gives you this long, massive apology because you're taking something that was shitty and and you're making it so other people can see that, feel that and be like, look what she did with this pain. And look what I can do with things like that, too. You don't owe anyone anything. It's your life, your art. And
3: and it's also a complex relationship. And it will be for the rest of your life. Yeah.
4: And turn your phone off. Like, don't ask. Don't ask at all. And. You can tell your brothers, too. And you're like, hey, I don't want to fucking hear about it. And just say that and have them honor that.
3: And you have the right to do that. Isn't that great? Oh, I'm going to do that. That's what I love about getting older. Sometimes you just don't have to even give it any attention. You
4: can just like shut your (laughs) fucking phone off or ignore phone calls from people and just be like, I don't live with you. Okay, we guys, we're going to take a break and we will be back. Oh my gosh, you guys, this episode of Don't Blame Me is brought to you by me. <laughs> Kidding. No, it's brought to me or brought to you guys by you guys. This is a long winded way of saying um, that we're going to give some comment and review love for everybody who has been rating us on the apple podcast app and on itunes it means a lot to us and we would love if you subscribe to us there it's such a great place um i'm a huge fan of it and also like it's really great when you write reviews because like late at night if i'm just like sad in my bed i can scroll through and see all the nice things you guys say about me so we're going to read a couple of them um this makes me excited because i haven't read them in quite some time and don't worry i've sorted it by the five star ones because i did see you can sort it by most critical and i don't think i should do that so um Nicole JS says, I really enjoy this podcast. I really think Megan does a great job of giving advice about people's real life problems. I also enjoy that she brings on different guests to also help. I never thought I'd be a podcast listener, but this has changed me. She did spell my name wrong, but I do forgive her. Um. OK, this one says top notch entertainment. Girl, my life is so boring and I feel like I'm living through these people, but always the podcast brightens my m- Monotonous drives to work into school. I've been a subscriber since the light blue room. Oh my gosh, you've known me forever. But just started listening to this podcast and I can't get enough of it. Keep doing great things. Lots of love from Georgia, USA. (gasps) Thank you so much. Ooh my this one's great. 110% makes you feel like you have friends. I constantly have to decide to either let all the episodes pile up so I can binge this throughout my entire day or just watch it as you upload. Honestly, best thing you've ever started. (gasps) Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Also, I haven't started that many things, so I feel like this is like a it's like a good thing. Um, my favorite podcast by Sydney Drew. This podcast is seriously my favorite. I just started listening to them and I don't know how I've missed it. I've absolutely loved the episode with dating someone who's trans where the girl calls back and gives details about her breakout and huge fight with the twins that she slept with. I was literally in tears. That girl is a savage and your guys' reactions were absolutely hilarious. Megan, please make more. These are amazing. I always, these are amazing. And I always love listening to them during long, long drives, cleaning, or when I'm just playing a game. Ooh, What games are you playing? I always get excited to see them. Um, oh, ultimately I'm not able to put a poop emoji, but it's a thought that counts, right? I think I asked for you guys to put poop emojis the last time and maybe she has an Android, but she's reading on the Apple Pod. I mean, I'm not here to judge you guys. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to subscribe to us in the iTunes store, Apple podcast app, we would love it. Leave a review. It would be amazing. Um, it may, it, it brightens my day. It does. It really does. And so far we're, we're, we're crushing it with the reviews. So please review five stars. Cause I really like the fact that we've got three orange no three five orange stars makes you feel pretty good and we've got that cool thing where it says parental advisory where like right in our movie like in the bottom corner so if you want to feel like a rebel (laughs) okay guys back to regular scheduled programming we're back we're back (laughs) (laughs)
5: on to the next call hi Megan so my name is Actually, we're not supposed to give my name, so he's going to bleep it out anyways. Um, I'm 17, and I live in Massachusetts, um, so weed here is very much legal, and it's almost become a um, replacement to alcohol in teen events, um, and I mean, obviously, like, everyone usually drinks before they're 21, and I guess smoking weed would be a similar um, similar situation, particularly since it's becoming so prominent. The thing is that um, I've never actually gotten drunk because my dad is an alcoholic, so um, that always really scared me, and I don't know how comfortable I feel with smoking weed, but I'm also a very anxious person, so I feel like it might help me to like chill a little bit, which is very much necessary sometimes. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it's a good idea, if it's like a really bad idea and I shouldn't do it, or if it's just something like I should try as I grow comfortable with it. I also know that you need to be, you need to smoke weed more than once to actually get high. Right. So like, should I smoke twice and see if, it, if I like it or should, should I not? I don't know. I'm just kind of confused and playing around with it. And a lot of my friends do it and it would be nice to be involved in that too.
4: Oh my god, <laughs> this is great.
3: Biggest note: you can smoke weed once and it'll get you high. No, mm-hmm.
4: not always. I mean, it depends, depends on, how, on the person, yeah, it depends yeah.
6: on the
3: person, how much. What
4: you smoke. What the weed is and how much There's you
3: smoke. Different but, strains. Yeah, yeah
4: but I mean, if you're definitely nervous, I would say like, just like ease easy. into it. So let's just get it out there. It's illegal. It's illegal. It's illegal to smoke weed underage. But hypothetically, if you were to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna address the rest of the question. In a hypothetical, once you turn the legal, legal age, age.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: it's 21. It's Great. 21. So See, hypothetically, very
3: hypothetically, if you were to do this, if
4: you were to do this as a 21-year-old, let me say I'm going to give you the advice for that age because it's currently And that's when legal. you're going to
3: be doing that. Yeah.
4: Yes. I'm assuming, I would say, as somebody who doesn't drink anymore, because I definitely... I've got a terribly, terribly addictive personality Mm. and I've never had a healthy relationship with alcohol. I really used alcohol as liquid courage, confidence booster. Like I never, I've never felt as good as myself about myself sober as I have when I'm drunk ever. And I don't drink now because I am aware of the fact that I, not that I can't just have one drink, but I'm not going to drink for the taste. I'm going to drink to get drunk and to do stupid shit and to feel like good about myself and all that stuff it's just not a healthy relationship so I don't drink I'm very aware of that and my friends are very aware of that's the reason why I don't drink it's also because it gets me really 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 fucking sick um but when it comes to weed I would say um I my mentality when it comes to like the anxiety aspect of weed um Xanax is far more addictive than weed um, and a, I have a lot of friends who are do, have are prescribed um, Xanax for anxiety, and I've definitely had prescriptions for that for anxiety for like when my panic attacks get like really, really, really bad. Um, but I, I would say if you if you feel like once you as a medical thing of like having you feel less anxious, it's proven that it can really help. I think if you you said there's multiple options where you could just like wait until you feel comfortable. I would do that. Like, I don't think there's any reason. I don't if you are really, like really worried about your anxiety, I think you should definitely like talk to like a doctor and a therapist. I wouldn't um, self prescribe your view. You know I mean, like, like self-diagnose with anything. I think if you want to fit in with your friends and you're like a little nervous about it, um, I think you just got to do what you want to do. I will say my personal opinion, Weed is so not a big deal. <laughs> like I think if you, you I mean like I I don't. think. I mean
3: the first time I did weed, I blacked out <laughs> you and did, did everything. I weed. did the weed. You did the weed. <laughs> I did the weed. I blacked out and I woke up and everything was dry except for my shoes, which were filled with about like what an inch do? of, what kind of weed? water.
6: Weed were. You... Listen, it might not have been, I don't know what it was. (laughs) That was Lace with something. And then the next time I did it,
3: I heard my name everywhere. And then I I wanted to go to sleep immediately. Uh, That sounds more like weed. That sounds more like weed. I deal with anxiety and Weed does not help that at yeah. all. For me personally, also when you're educated in 21, there are several different strains. Welcome to California. Yes. There's indica and sativa. Focus and all on that. This. Just it just it it, it is a, it's it's turning into an actual thing, and you can learn about what actually would help you during certain circumstances
4: like CBD oil and things that aren't necessarily. Well, no, I just I can't
3: believe it. we're talking
6: about this on this podcast. Why? I mean,
4: it's legal. It is, legal. It is legal. It's legal. It's legal here and it's legal where she yeah. is. It's yeah. not legal for
6: her age at yet. Her age, but well, when she's
4: 21, yeah. But I think ultimately, like, yeah, there's a strange like I definitely I there are some there was a t- point in time where I I had some really, really janky, not just weed experience, which was just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I didn't smoke for a really, really, really long time. And now I'm still like, I don't have a medical card. I don't buy weed. I don't like go out of my way to like smoke weed. But if I'm with some of my friends who do and I'm in the mood to I totally will. There's other times I won't. I find personally, like Tyler, I find if I'm extremely anxious, it doesn't make me feel less anxious. I can only I will just usually feel more anxious. Again, that's like a whole like strain thing and figuring that out. Do
3: you know like when you have Thai food and sometimes it makes you feel really hot? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Certain people react to Thai food in different ways. Think about almost all Mm -hmm. substances like that. And sometimes you just have to try Thai food. Yeah. Like i would never had Thai food before. And then I learned I really liked it.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. Then sometimes say you
3: realize that you're addicted to Thai food and you can't put it down. And then people are concerned about you. At yes. which point you should probably no longer eat Thai food. Yeah. And as with all, is this a good metaphor.
6: I'm it. Keep going.
3: So as with all things. Do it in moderation.
4: Yeah. I agree with that. And I think
3: Don't steal Thai food.
4: Don't no, gosh, no. Yeah. I think like
3: Don't deal Thai food. Don't go through the proper channels. Don't
4: get sketchy. Don't get sketchy Thai food. Don't get sketchy
3: Thai food. Mm -hmm. Don't go to an alleyway to get Thai food. No.
4: And don't and don't uh I would also say just if you decide that you want to try it. So I was one of the, if we talk about it in the sense of like drinking, I was one of the last friends of mine to start drinking. And I think it's so much better to make sure you're in like a safe situation with that because then there's like the first, like, yeah, I would just focus. Also don't, don't, I would not smoke weed for the first time when you're also drunk, would not do that.
3: Oh, yeah, no, you do one thing at a time. Yeah, do one, one thing, thing at, at a time. time. well don't, I don't, definitely... don't take Thai food and German food.
4: <laughs> no, they don't go together. Yeah. Getting crossfaded was problems. You got, did you, what did you call it? Like when you got high and drunk at the same time, because there's so many different. I words. called it.
3: I want this to end. When I think about getting high, I go, "That's the last thing I want to do."
4: <laughs> yeah, you are very not.
3: I'm very not. Very not. I know a lot of stoners. They, they try do. a lot. They've they've continued to try. I would never. It never gets better. No.
4: And I and I I I I'm very. I'm with you a lot in that. The only reason. The only like I yeah I smoke so so rarely. The only I recently smoked a little more than, like once in every like seven months or whatever was because my friend has whatever the one that like makes you go to sleep because Mm -hmm. he usually takes lunesta and so then we were like smoking right before we went to bed yeah and and that was fine
6: yeah i didn't try weed until i was well into my 20s and um so you shouldn't feel pressured. No, do it if you want want to to. do it and the reason i did it was because it helped me with sleep not that
4: fucking cool when people are like i feel like i should really try it like i mean it's not that sick like it's like for me, like it's the only thing I want to do is go to sleep and if it can help me go to sleep early, like better when I'm sleep deprived, for sure, we'll totally do it. But it's not, I don't know. It's not necessarily, I would say something that you're really missing out on something totally major. Just well, make sure you know who's giving you the shit because I, yeah. you need and to know where your chef. Came from. Yeah. Yeah. It, make and sure it, your
3: ingredients are locally sourced.
6: Mm-hmm. Organic. Yeah. Yeah. It's legal there. So it's being regulated. Yeah, So it's yeah. good. Yeah. Dear Megan,
2: I'm 14 and eleven in Oklahoma. I have a pretty serious question for you. My friend is pregnant. She's 15 and like me is in the eighth grade. I'm really concerned about her. She's decided to keep the baby. The father is in touch with her and supports her decision, but she's not told her parents and has a rocky relationship with them. She recently was kicked out and was living with her grandmother, Though so I think she's back now. She's not the most responsible person and tends to make questionable decisions. She has researched her options about how to deal with the baby, and know she wants to keep it, but she's also terrified of what this means for her. There is a place in my town that gives free pregnancy tests, and I'm going to make her get professionally checked before proceeding, but I want to do everything I can to help her without stepping out of bounds. Any advice you could give me on how I can help her to get through this would be great. It was also really recent, so there's not a lot of info about what's going on. Also, please use protection.
6: Thanks, Megan. Um, well, my. she's gotta fucking tell her parents. Um, she, they're gonna find out one way or the other. Yeah, she's living with her grandmother now. So yeah, that's I mean, the one. Yeah, tell, yeah.
4: I mean, I, I would, I would talk to her. Tell your tell have her tell her grandma first. And if she's afraid of her parents' reaction, have her grandma be with her when she tells her parents. Mm-hmm. Advise her to do that. Um, I would also, I would also advise if she wants to look into adoption potentially. If she wants to carry the baby to term, which is totally her choice um I don't know if she's thought of that I think it's something i think it's something that at least she should just like have a meeting with or like have some sort of information because maybe if she gets farther along in the pregnancy and it's like holy fuck, I don't want to keep this child I, I i want to carry this child to full term but I don't want to keep this child and raise this child. I think it might feel a little um if you might feel a little trapped if you haven't um I don't know. Like talked about that. Um, I think if you go to like a, uh, like a professional, like a doctor, or clinic, or whatever. I'm not sure because you're in Oklahoma um, that they'll probably go over <laughs> every single Oklahoma. I mean, you know? like every single option, yeah, including if there's adoption. There's a free
6: clinic there. They'll probably go. Over. Yeah,
4: they'll yeah. go over all of that. So I think as her friend, I would just support her in whatever decision she makes, and um, and and make sure that she's researching that stuff. I think. You can also go with her um, if you're like to talk to her grandma. If you're like, hey, if you're really nervous about this, like I will be there with you and we can talk to her together. Um, I think that could be a, a good call.
6: I'm just like,
3: wow. Yeah, there's no easy no. answer with that
6: one. You're, yeah, you're super mature, though. So I'm glad yeah. that she has a friend like you. Yeah. yeah, totally.
4: My God, me at 15. And if my fucking she's 15, right? And if my friend got pregnant at 15, like, I don't, I, don't I would just I be like, holy me. shit. Can I have your Neopets account? Like, what would I, no, it's a freshman. I mean, yeah, I'd probably still play Neopets. <laughs> but like, Neopets? that's amazing. Like, and I think you're being a really, really great friend. Um, And I think as worried you are, you know that she's so fucking stressed out and yeah. so worried. So I think, um, also asking her, I think a lot of the times people when it comes to difficult subjects, like you're asking us, like what you should do and stuff. Um, this is such a new experience for her too, that yeah. she's not expecting you to be a mind reader. Um, you can, and she's not expecting you to do everything right. I think you can totally ask and be like, Hey, what can I do to help? Um, what would really help you feel good? What would help make you make this easier for you? Like, please just tell me anything that I can do.
7: Yeah,
4: And then, um, just, yeah, um, just like be supportive and like text her and keep up to date with her and make sure, um, yeah. And you don't always have to bring it up and talk about it. Just like making sure you're like still being a really great friend and the same kind of friend you were before, but also understanding of it. What do you have to say?
3: Oh, man. Nothing. Holy fucking no, shit. I mean, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the biggest thing is sometimes in those circumstances, it can be hard for people to know how to feel like human anymore because mm-hmm. like you don't, you. Don't, it's like it's such a big, like big thing to deal with. So I think, you know, giving your friend some normalcy in her life. Yeah, totally. And then really helping support her. In her route and trying to recommend to her different lanes and opportunities Mm -hmm. and things. Because the other thing is, is that I know you can kind of want to, you know, really like get in here and be like, okay, we're going to take care of the situation. But at the end of the day, she's going to have to make a lot of decisions for Mm -hmm. herself.
4: And for this kid. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Letting her know that's also okay if she changes her mind too. Mm -hmm. Um, And how there's, there's no shame and no disappointment and how she's still like the same person and she's not a bad person or a stupid person or anything like this, just it just happens and it can happen to it. Genuinely can happen to anybody, even if no, no, so many kids in yeah, my high school, and like no matter how safe you are too, like yeah. it can still, there's always a chance that something like this could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the first step offer to go with her to talk to her grandma about yes. it um, and don't take it personally. if She wants to do it by herself, uh, but then follow up with her and make sure she did tell her. Hopefully her grandma will be with her to tell her parents. That would be great. Yeah, and a school counselor. Too, school counselor, too. It could you. be really helpful. Yep. Oh. Yeah, guys, use production. Um, so now we're on to Producer's Corner. <laughs>
3: Welcome to Producer's Corner.
4: It's Tyler knows so much about because he's an avid fan
6: of the podcast. Love.
3: Don't blame me.
4: Love. It.
6: And it's
3: 44 episodes.
6: No. no. This is episode 29. Ninth- 29.
4: 29. So, Producer's Corner is where uh, producer Mel picks her favorite call or a call back somebody who's updating us or somebody who has some commentary from another episode with like a different question if they've oh. got some insight so what do we have today
6: we have someone that's calling back with commentary okay cool yeah so this is from uh, episode 25 with Aislin Great. and um, this was about someone who was going through um, abuse oh. who had been um, abused by someone in her family
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sexually abused.
6: And so we have someone calling back with commentary. Okay,
5: great. Yeah. Hi, my name's Kim, and I was calling back um, in reference to the Avon Paul podcast where there was a girl who um, was sexually assaulted by a family member. And I just wanted to to let her know that I've gone through something similar, not exactly the same situation, but uh, oftentimes when you go to court... And the, they hear like your parents hear about everything that happened specifically. And it, it sort of shocks them and it's, it, it kind of helps people get to the point to where now they believe it as in it actually happened. And I actually have to face up to this. So I would just say, if if you want to go to court about it, do it. Don't worry about your family because they're still your family. And hopefully they will always be there for you and they will always love you. And even though they might not want you to press charges, I think after they they hear everything in court and everything, it might help them to to really see why you did press charges and and forgive you if they haven't. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Thanks, Megan. Bye.
4: Mm, that's great. I feel like that's I'm I'm glad that she said that because I feel like that was something that Aslan and I were trying to say, but neither of us had been through the situation. So we we're like, I really hope if you say it out loud, that it makes it more. I don't know. Would like convince because her parents she didn't want to go to court because it's we didn't
6: her parents um didn't want her to yeah, go. yeah
4: they didn't want her and they like had like listened because it to all was, this a, stuff. Family it was a family member mm-hmm. that it was actually abusing her and she wanted to because she wanted justice and then was wondering she's like is it bad that I want justice. I was like, no, no, justice is a good thing. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully she's listening and hopefully anybody else who's gone. Hopefully no one. Oh God, I mean, I'm going to say hopefully no one else has ever gone through that, but it definitely happens. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think that's I think that's really good advice. Um, So thank you so much for calling back and leaving the commentary for it because you can relate to it. And I can't. And yeah, <laughs> you're like, this is sad. No,
3: man, it's just a lot. Yeah. Heavy. My, my, my mom and I, back in the day, we used to go support uh, women that were getting out of abusive relationships. We would Aww. go help them unpack their house and move away from the partner and the women would show up and we'd be there for her yeah. when they were going away. And I think people can sometimes really fear that circumstance because yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot coming to yeah. the surface, but always, always do it.
4: Yeah, That is so you and your mom. Oh, yeah. Like, so um, ugh, just the best. What a dynamic duo. What
3: a dynamic duo. What a
4: dynamic duo. Love you, mom. Can't wait for your mom to, she's going to listen to this totally. Oh, 100%. Which is my favorite thing ever. Um, we. This is all being recorded before that I actually meet you and I'm so excited to meet you. It's going to be a great time. Um. Well, thank you, Tyler, for being on the podcast.
3: Oh. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was such a shock.
4: Did you have a good time?
3: Yeah. Because yeah, you shocked because you know I had a podcast? Please don't blame me if I, yeah, I was actually 100% shocked. You
4: can't. It's all of my actual friends. are like, whoa, no way. That's crazy. <laughs> you, you've you, recorded I, like,
3: 24 episodes. And it's like,
4: I know, ev- we all know everything that people have, we've all auditioned for and haven't booked, but we don't know like the actual podcast I'm working on.
3: Yeah, no, Like, I just... you know,
4: I didn't book Sabrina, but like, you know, that you didn't know I had a podcast.
3: Nope. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought you made, like, a ton of jokes the whole time. Yokes,
4: yokes, 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 yokes I yokes, made jokes. jokes.
3: You know, you did. I mean, you did. They were I very did. funny. But it's it's a very it's a wonderful yeah, well,
6: Okay. You know,
4: it's a cool um,
3: podcast. Wh- Megan learns how to make jokes. Oh, go,
4: fuck, Zing. go, 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 go. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, so if you guys want to check out Tyler, um, you can hit him up on IMDb. Um <laughs> <laughs> You can hit him up, up on IMDb. Yeah. Up you can a hit up his, his, uh, his team on IMDb.
3: IMDb.com slash Tyler Chase. Is
4: that it? what I is? actually
3: think it says my, my, what do they call it? The, uh, Your the ego e- My e- ego email. Your vanity? My vanity email.
4: What, your vanity?
3: My vanity URL. Vanity URL.
4: Yes. Thank you. Yeah. My ego email. <laughs> I love that. Tyler Chase is great at tylerchaseisgreat.com. Um, As he sinks
6: into his. Yeah. Tyler Chase learns Ooh. how You're to like use me the internet. When
4: I swore during the freakish live stream, but I just sunk <laughs> into my chair. They're like, hey guys, please don't swear. I said fuck four times in the first oh, two seconds. No. Both you and me are like, dying, nah, getting smaller. But they can also follow you on um Instagram. I'm not going to promote your Twitter because do you know you have never followed me back? It's on Ooh. purpose.
3: You can follow me at Tyler Chase official or underscore Tyler underscore Chase. That's my Twitter.
4: Underscore Tyler underscore Chase. Don't. There's too many. It's, it's, please follow me. But follow him on Instagram. He posts um some very ar- who takes all those RC pictures, Taylor. Uh,
3: uh and then yeah yeah. You take and them. Of take her? them. Yeah, take them of her. And then oh. I take them of myself. I set the yeah. phone up very far away. And then so
4: the amount I've self-timer. also taken pictures of Tyler too. Yeah. When you're like, hey, I brought my camera to work. Will you take some? I just need I
3: need social posts. He needs
4: content. So, I need content, so content. Go follow him there, branding. guys. He's great. He's such a fun follow. Thanks so much
3: for the brand, and I hope you all have a really great life, and please keep calling in. Look forward to be back on the sequel episode.
4: The sequel episode, yep, yep. If you
3: ever need me to host for a week, you just let me know.
4: Yeah, you're getting far too comfortable.
3: This mic is really, it feels like NPR. I'm going to go be on the NPR.
4: You played the VJ on fucking Nashville. That's why. You've
3: given me too much power, you know?
4: Too much um well, i hope you guys enjoy this episode if you guys want to call much. in with uh your questions or advice you need for another episode you can call three one zero six nine four zero nine seven six
3: three one zero six
4: one four six nine four. Fucking shit, you're fired. Um, then international callers, you can email us at meganpodcast@gmail.com at gmail with a mp3. And if you um listen to this episode and you're like, wow, this is great, and I like totally want to leave a review, you should totally leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. We would love it. Go leave a fucking review, Tyler. I'll
3: go leave a review.
4: And if you wanted to see what we looked like this whole time, um, and see our listening faces, you can go watch it on YouTube. It's up on my YouTube channel now. We'll include all that stuff in the description. And um yeah guys we will see you guys next week and uh don't blame me if your life fucks up before then oh my god you should make us um like an outro song okay guys goodbye bye Don't Blame Me is a production by me, produced, directed, and edited by Melissa DeMontz, camera operator Shereen Younes post-production sound by Chris Henry, production assistant Julie Carly, and music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter. I'll see you guys next week, and don't blame me if your life, you know, completely fucks up before then.
0: <laughs> oh.